Good day to you. My name is James Langridge, and I am the president of the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. And back again today with another podcast. Today we have a bunch of wonderful guests on the line from the British Benevolent Society. Good morning, Charles, Arif, and Jen. Good morning. Good morning, James. Good morning. It's so great to have all of you on. Um, we're just going to do a quick roundtable introduction, just so everyone can get to know you a little better. Um, Charles, why don't you kick us off? Hi, James. So, yes, I'm, my name is Charles Cockerton, and I'm the current president of the British Benevolent Society. How long have you been in the position, Charles? I... I joined the British Benevolent Society as a board member in 2017, and I became the president of the society in April 2019. So I've been serving president for a year. Wonderful. Well, congratulations. I know you're doing some amazing work. Looking forward to hearing more about it as well. Morning, Jen. Good morning. What do you do over there? So I am the executive director for the British Benevolent Society, and I've been with the BBS for a little over three years. Last week was actually my anniversary. Very exciting. Um, and so as the executive director, I'm actually, I'm the only employee of the organization. Um, I help with basically everything from operations to helping with our relief cases and working with the members. That's that's wonderful, and I know that you mentioned. Although you may be uh, behind the scenes, you are the uh, the grease in the in the cog to keep that thing going. I, I absolutely can relate to that with my team over here at the British American Business Council. I would be lost without them. Arif, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, James. Good morning. So I I'm a much more recent addition uh, to the BBS team, having having just joined the board. Uh, I think less than, less than a month ago, um, been involved with the society for a, for a little bit. And, and my main passion is really thinking about member outreach. And so focusing on that. So tell us a little bit more about that. What, what does that involve? It really just thinks about, as we'll go into today, just the opportunity the BBS has to increase its awareness amongst Brits um, throughout the, the Western regions. And, and, and one can only say your, your organization is only good uh, as the people that it's able to touch. And so I think, you know, we, we here at the BBS are very passionate about making sure that the message is out there and, and, and people know of, uh, of the organization and what it does. That's fantastic. Um, so let's yes. take us. Which I was going to say, would you like us to explain what the charity is? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, let's, let's take a step back. Um, and uh, the British Benevolent Society has been around for quite some time. Tell us a little bit more about the history of it, uh, Charles. I'm delighted to, James. So the British Benevolent Society is a charity that was founded in 1858 by uh, British citizens during the gold rush. They were living in San Francisco. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the core mission at the time was to provide aid and relief to British citizens in distress or sickness. And that is very much our mission today and obviously very, very relevant at this time with, with COVID-19. I imagine you have been probably a little bit more busier than usual recently. Perhaps. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How, how, as a, how as a group have you been working, I guess, working as a team to help people in need? 
Um, feel free to answer that. Any Jen, if you want to answer, Arif, please. All everyone, jump in. Just, just let's let's understand a little bit more about what you've been doing. So I can I can take that one. So um, basically, I work with our volunteer relief committee, and it's a member of uh, five individuals, and we have designed a COVID nineteen um, basically grant program. So anyone who is has been impacted by this pandemic economically or just in, in basically any possible way. And they can apply for a one-time $1,500 grant. And in order to be eligible for that grant, the criteria is to be British. That's it. You just need to um, have a British passport or have held a British passport. It doesn't have to be valid right now. Um, but one of the requirements to apply for assistance from the BBS is that you are a British national. You can also be dual citizen or you can hold a green card. Um, so to your point, last week even we helped five individuals who applied and received that grant. That's amazing. Um, so walk us through that. Um, how do these people even get in touch with you in the beginning? So we've been um, twofold. I think we have a life before the virus and then where we are now and where we'll, we see ourselves being for the foreseeable future. Um, Pre-pandemic, you know, it was through word of mouth, it was through the consulate, and it was occasionally through charities. Um, we had started an initiative to work with or make ourselves be more known to charities um, in the Bay Area. And then we also started reaching out to organizations like yourself in LA because it wasn't as widely known that the, the BBS can actually provide assistance to any British national that lives in any of the states that are covered by the British consulates in LA and San Francisco. So that's basically the West Coast. So since that time, we've had some um, some outreach campaigns and then through the again through the consulate mostly um last week and recently last week in particular we were in touch with a lot of people in la through word of mouth four of those five applicants were actually from the la area people who are in los angeles and are british are usually familiar with the consulate where who do you work with over there do you, are you working with the consulate general are they referring people to you are you working with the different departments of international trade who are you, who are you directly connected with? Um, we're primarily con with consular, actually. So in LA, there is a it's a three person uh, department: Barbara, Allison, and Caroline. And um, in San Francisco, they have two and a half. They only have a half person. And um, actually, in my former life, I worked at the British consulate for about ten years. So I actually have a really close relationship with all of um, the people who are still working at the consulate. We still have a very strong relationship as well with the consul generals in both of LA and San Francisco. The cases generally come from the consular section, whereas the consul generals are helping us to kind of, again, get the word out about the BBS. No, I got that. Um, obviously, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people in need right now, and you only have limited resources, um, Charles. As a president of the BBS, how are you raising awareness? How are you raising funds? What's the strategy going forwards? Because I'm sure people will be more in need than ever. Now that's a great, great question, James. Um, so we're very fortunate that we, we're 
we are, we have our history behind us. So we're fortunate through the legacy and generosity of previous British citizens that have all made the trip over here at some point to the West Coast to make lives. Many of these people over the years have given money. Um, we have a, a relief fund, the British Benevolent Society Relief Fund. So that's an existing pot of money which we've, we've prudently managed through, through the generations. But for COVID-19, what we've done is we've, we've designated um, a portion of that to a dedicated COVID-19 relief fund for anybody directly affected by the virus. But we're also looking to add to that fund or for maybe fellow Brits, or they don't have to be Brits, but people who um, might be looking to help out. Uh, that, that's, some, that's a fund, that, a dedicated fund they could donate to at this time. So we, we're starting to see that, which has been really, really encouraging. Before, before COVID-19 obviously came upon us two months ago uh, now, um, our key objective as a charity was what I would call awareness, awareness, awareness. That was our, it was a, it, to be honest, James, it was a limitation last, last year. And, and the board really jumped on that in the past 12 months, not only starting here in the Bay Area to reach other, out to other charitable groups, to the homeless shelters, et cetera, just to make them aware that we do exist here in, in California. Um, and also membership outreach, reaching out to all the other British-related organizations, maybe uh, British businessmen and women in, in corporations over here, just to make them aware that the, the charity existed. And obviously with this tragic pandemic um, coming upon us so suddenly, um, I always go back to the mission being to help provide aid and relief to British citizens in, in need or, or distress. That's just absolutely hit us out of nowhere and just um, goes straight to the core of, of what we, we do. So our awareness uh, campaign, we just we went into supersonic with it, to be honest. We, we, sat, we sat down as a board instantly, said, right, we've really got to get on the phone to everybody. That's when I'd, I'd heard about the, the BABC Los Angeles podcast. I'd hope to be coming down anyway to, to see you guys in spring and, and make you aware of our charity. But as soon as I saw you did the first podcast, COVID-19, with Professor Warburton and uh, Mike, Mike Wheats, that we've got to talk to these guys to, to spread the word. And I'm so glad we have because we reached out to the Brits in LA group uh, just mm. about a week ago, and we are really helping people now. And, uh, we've, yeah, so we're just trying to spread the word as much as possible. That would be Craig and Eileen over at Brits in yeah, LA. Absolutely, wonderful people. They're a great group of guys, very fond of them, and they have a wonderful program of, of many members. So I'm sh the fact that you're connected with them is wonderful, and, uh, and I know that you'll be able to be of, be of service to many of those members, which is great to hear. RF. You're you're new to the you've been you've been uh, you, you've joined recently. I hear that, uh, and and if I if I heard you correctly, one of your uh, initiatives is to gain um, more awareness, more members. What, what how are you doing that? What's your plan? I mean, right now we're a little bit we have our hands tied behind our backs. We can't really get out there. BABC is well known for lots of events, socialing, socializing. Can't do that. What what's your plan going forwards? Yeah, I think to, to build on the earlier points, you know, we, we were quick to adapt and we, we realized these are very different times, right? In the past, we've hosted a number of in-person events and they're localized and, and they're a really good way of, of generating awareness, interest and membership. But when, when COVID, COVID struck and we realized that the people were feeling more alone than ever, 
people needed more support than ever, we realized that switch to virtual, it was just, it was a must. And so very recently, um, there was a, a host of kind of pub quiz that was done virtually that generated a good amount of buzz and, and got people excited. I heard and, all about that. Sorry to interrupt, but how did that go? Jen, you mentioned it, but how did it go, Arif? Tell me more. Jen, you're the best one to speak about how it went. I, I won't take that away. It, it was good. It was really fun. We had about 12 teams and um, we had an amazing quiz master who kept the questions all around. I mean, it just kicked off with things that really did happen this year, which was pretty unbelievable. So, I mean, we're already only in, I mean, we just started what month five and it still was pretty crazy. So it was fun and it was actually, um, a lot more personal, I think, than people thought. We did get to see each other and share questions. So, um, mission, I think, mission was accomplished, and we raised almost eight hundred dollars in two hours. So amazing! That's yeah, wonderful. for a small organization. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Arif, back to you. Tell us more about what you're up to. Yeah, and so I think this is just the beginning, right? We we realize that as, as the shelter in place continues and even gets a little bit lighter over the coming months, people still will want to have that that virtual community. Um, and so we're thinking of, of webinars that we can put on, informal happy hours that we can host, and also just realize that, that people need community, but they also need information. They also have families back home. And so we're working as much as we can with the, with the consulates, with experts within our network to just provide that information through short clips, through resources that people will be able to access through being on our mailing list. And so a little bit of a plug for our our mailing list that you can quickly sign up on the website. Um, and, and so we just want to make sure that people have community, they have information, and they know that we're here. Wonderful. What's the website? It is uh, bbs at ca dot, what org? Sorry, I had a moment. It's, our website is www.bbsofca.org. So we have, because, um, again, trying to make things simple, more so now we do often get referred to as um, BBS instead of the British Benevolent Society. Rolls off the tongue a little easier. And um, we decided to name include California in our website just to make sure that people understand it is wider than just the Bay Area. Got it. Okay, so... Um, James. Yes. Yeah, I just, I'd love to um, just go back on the historical side. So yes, one, please, one let's points, dig in. Yeah, one of the points... Um, that we haven't made is we are very much independent from the British government and from the consul. Um, when we founded back in 1858, these were obviously very, very different times. I mean, we were a frontier. It was dangerous times during the gold rush. So what really resonated with me, I mean, the, the, the British Benevolent Society was at that time controlled by the consul or consul general as it became. But what is the same today is that it was a gathering of British people that had moved out here to really look after their own because there wasn't support in, in, in California necessarily, or well, there certainly wasn't then. We know the safety net here in the United States um, is, is shallow for, for, for many people. So that, that's what we're really looking to do today. Well, we are, we are doing it. And Arif talks about this, the build, it's the community supporting itself to whatever level you want to get involved. But we just want to know people that we are, you know, we are here in the background. Um, well, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, in the short space of time, just speaking to you in a couple of conversations that we've had, I, I had no idea to the level and extent of what you are able to do for people. And it is 
it is incredible. Um, and the sense of community right now is strong here in Los Angeles. People are coming together, uh, but just knowing that there's that additional layer of help, if, if for someone who's very much in need, is, is very, uh, it's warming to the soul. And I think we need that right now because there, there are a lot of people who are frightened. There's a lot of uncertainty. And knowing that, that you guys are there makes all the difference. It's like a nice warm blanket. And I really sincerely mean that. Um, but let me ask you this. Let's say that you are someone who is on a green card and you are, it's expiring and you need to get repatriated back to the UK or you just, you're here, you were here on vacation and you got stuck. Are those the kind of cases that you can help with? Or is that something that you would be referring to somebody else? Perhaps you could tell us that and then maybe give us an example of some of the cases that you are helping with. So I think in a short answer, yes. That's a very good example of, I mean, that's a combination. We haven't had someone with all three of those, but we have had each of those um, for different circumstances. Um, again, pre, uh, pre-COVID-19, we have helped people renew their green card. We've covered the cost of renewing their green card, even um, accompanied them to their appointment to get the sticker put on their actual card. Um, right now, if someone did need some assistance to get repatriated back to the UK, we would absolutely look into helping with that um, and paying and covering the cost of that. Um, one of the things that is really unique about the relief is there really is no one size fits all or exact um, circumstance that someone is in. But I think one of the things that I would be interesting, hopefully for somebody listening to this podcast or learning about the BBS, especially right now, and especially people who are impacted you know, financially by this um, pandemic, I was talking to someone last week, um, one of the applicants, and she said to me that she lost her income in the er, in early part of March, and she's always been financially independent, has never had to use social services. She's never had to reach out to a nonprofit. In fact, she used to work for a nonprofit where in the past couple of weeks she started to go to food banks and she, it was like slow. It was almost like she's a, she's experiencing of going through trauma and realizing that it's okay to ask for help and that she would qualify it and that there's nothing wrong and that people should reach out for help if they need it. That's a great point. Um, sometimes people, uh, you know, as an Englishman, we have a sense of pride and that stiff upper lip, but right now, more than ever, knowing that there is help there and, and, and we're, we're a long way from home yeah. out here in, in L.A. and on the West Coast. So, again, it's that, that sense of uh, something to lean on. Um, Charles, you could, have, you could be part of any organization and you've been a part of the BBS for some time and now you're the president. What first attracted to you? What first attracted you to get involved with the BBS? So my, my personal story moving here, I, I was just looking for um, fellow Brits to hang out with socially. We, didn't, we don't really have a Brits in LA group equivalent up here in, in, in the Bay Area. And I, I think I came across online that the British Benevolent Society were hosting a, I think they were hosting a boat cruise on the Bay um, probably six or seven years ago. And I thought, oh, this is lovely. And it was families were invited along as well. So we, I got involved 
to that level. And then obviously meeting individuals who are involved in the charity at the time, um, they explained what it was. I thought, well, I'd, I'd like to do, do more of this and get involved. And then um, with my um, business background, I joined the investment committee, which looks after the relief uh, fund and has done for many years. And then that, that morphed, like you just get more and more involved. Um, obviously, the, the actual number of relief cases in normal times is, is relatively small. We were even querying our relevance as an organization at, at, certain, at certain points in that. Um, but um, that, that's why I got involved, yeah, to meet, to meet other Brits, to, to try and give back, um, to be... Um, to ensure the British Benevolent Society continues, you know, to be in place for, for future generations and to be here. I never foresaw this happening, but but obviously, you know, it's um, we're so glad that it exists and, and has done through the legacy of the past. And we're, we're, I think all three of us are just really proud to, and, and the rest of the board, it's, it's not just us, it's a, it's a full team effort. And the membership just being here on hand to help those less fortunate or who have fallen upon hard times. So. No, absolutely. You've done an incredible job. Um, two questions. How many people do you have on your board? Jam, what's the number right now? Is it oh, I think it's, yeah. I believe it's 13. Oh, wonderful. It's quite fun. It's interesting. We, we were um, due to have our annual general meeting in person just last week. And that, that the, the way the board, you, you do three year terms, I think, for a total of six. And a few of us were due to be reelected or you know, individuals have got to the end of their six-year term, so we had to put a special, special resolution, hadn't we? To we're, we're everything's on hold due to it's almost like an emergency board right now until we can actually meet in person um, uh, somewhere in San Francisco, which is I think the, the terms of the bylaws going all the way back to uh, April 1858 when when we started. That's incredible. I mean, you do have quite a history there. Do you, uh, has much, obviously much has changed since then, but what, what, what traditional values, do you still adopt all the traditional values of why the BBS was set up? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So, I mean, obviously the mission goes right back to the beginning. Um, so the yes, in, in short, is, is the answer. Um, what I'd like to think now, and we're really pushing, is that we're a far more diverse organisation and board than we were back in in 1858, um, when the consul general at the time, Sir William Booker, got together with businessmen, merchants, professionals, it, it was only men. Um, now we are, Jen, I think the board now, we're, there's, there's more ladies than the men on the board, is, 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 that, is that correct? So I think we love our tradition, and we love the fact that the mission is unchanged and is obviously still highly relevant today. We really, um, are very grateful for the generous legacy of, of people in the past, but we're, we're very much looking to move, move with the times, whether this is it being more social, virtual, socializing, or just being a gentle community for people to get involved to whatever level they, what they want to do. So yes and no, but um, yeah, we love our history, but we obviously want to make sure that we pick out the best aspects of that and, and move with what's relevant today. No, you have a fantastic history. That's it's wonderful. Um, RF, a, a part of your role there is remaining relevant. How are you doing that? What's the plan? I know you answered it a little bit before, but when you can have that first social engagement, who knows when that will be? That's a tough one to answer. But what are you thinking? 
Yeah, I think, again, coming back to as we emerge from shelter in place and we emerge in, in different times, knowing that people's willingness and desire to be amongst others is going to take time to rebuild, right? And so we understand that when we are able to go to physical events, it'll be small, it'll be safe, it will be localized, um, and it will give them what they need first and foremost in the safe capacity. So that could be when it's, it's possible to go back to a setting where you can do an in-person kind of pub event. It'll be, you know, small groups, it'll be local to the community and allow them to do that. And I do think that this is really, this, this episode, this tragic episode has opened our eyes to how many groups of Brits there are out there that we want to be able to support. And I, I want to emphasize, for example, one group of, of international students. We know there's a very large group of international students from the UK across the Western states who have gone through particularly difficult times because some of them have been sent home or some of them have to be moved off, uh, off campus. And so we want to think about groups such as that and make sure that we're going after them, make sure they're aware of us and making sure that we actually create events that they would enjoy going to. And so not just the catch-alls, but the really personalized events for those groups so they see us as relevant. Well, that's a wonderful answer. Tell us a little bit more about some of the events that you have done in the past then um, and, and that you expect will be coming back. I mean, I, I think going back to, to some of the prior fun trivia nights and pub quizzes, we've talked about that. Um, I, there's been, uh, and Jen, I'll let you speak more about this. It's been a fish and chips night. I think there's been a curry uh, a curry night. So really going on the, the cultural um, the cultural affinity there is has been you know key and critical. And I think this is not just a community. It's not just a bunch of people getting together. It's it's a it's a group of people that have a shared passion, have a shared history. And I want to emphasize one thing, which is you know we've talked about relief and how that is just open to to those uh, who are British nationals. Our membership and our events are open to Anglophiles. They're not just open to those who are British. We have a number of members and desire more of those who just enjoy certain components of British culture. And we see ourselves as very inclusive and we want everyone to become part of it, not just a subset. But I do think, you know, one, one event that drew me in that I'm passionate about um, was the Christmas dinner. And again, that may have to be in a different form in the new world that we emerge into. But that's something I missed from back home. And to see it, you know, whether it's a, a luncheon that the, the BABC does or the dinner um, that the BBS does, it's just something that you go to and you can't stop smiling. It's interesting that you bring up uh, keynote events. Um, the Christmas luncheon is something that uh, everyone at the British American Business Council looks forward to and enjoys on an annual basis. RF, you mentioned that you have an evening event. RF, Charles, Jen, feel free to all jump in and, and tell us more about that. I think that when I think about the Christmas party, I'll, uh, Charles has a wonderful take on it, and I will let him be the cherry on top to describe it. But I would say that in, in, in the three years, actually, this will be my this will be the fourth or fifth Christmas dinner that I've been to for the BBS, and um, we're very fortunate because the Consul General is very committed to the um, to the mission of the organization, and often at the Christmas dinner, we recognize or celebrate to a certain degree the um, the work that the charity has done. And last year in particular, there was one case where we worked with um, and provided assistance to a homeless Brit who suffered from severe mental health issues, was living on the streets in San Francisco. His mom was completely terrified about what was happening with him. So over the course of about three weeks, 
the BBS, the consulate, several social services in San Francisco, as well as the police department, found him, located him on the streets of San Francisco. The BBS paid for his mother to come to San Francisco, meet with him, and basically escort him back home. At the last second, he refused to go back home, so she went home without him. 72 hours later, he changed his mind, and then the BBS was able to help pay for him to go back home. So it was a very personal, heartbreaking, real story about someone who was impacted. And I don't really know what would have happened to him if the BBS wouldn't have intervened and literally paid for him to continue living and and then find help when he got back home. So on one level, the Christmas party recognizes those success stories where a lot of people would not even know that this has happened or that it's possible. It's a very small pebble on a big beach. So that's one part of the Christmas party, but I know that Chris or that Charles has a really nice take on the other aspect of it as well. Oh, what an incredible think, story. Yeah. Sorry, Charles. Absolutely. No, thanks for sharing that, Jen. It's just uh, yeah, one of a great variety, isn't it? And sadly, in many respects, but with a happy, you know, many happy endings. Um, the Christmas uh, British Benevolent Society Christmas dinner for me always kicks off Christmas um, each year. I mean, in my own mind, that that's that's Christmas starting, and I think the folks that attend the dinner feel the same way. It's a really traditional, lovely, warm feeling um, British Christmas celebration, um, and it's it's just to celebrate Christmas and, and being here. It's it's not a business. Um, event it's nothing like that it's just celebrating the fact that the british benevolent society exists and that we're coming together at christmas time and and as jen says we we you know we think about how fortunate we are in many respects to be there celebrating and it's also a time of reflection on those less fortunate as well and we're actually very lucky because one of our board members um who is lovely is also part of an acapella group so they often sing at the Christmas dinner and they're called Pitch Please and they can create an amazing balance through the whole evening. It's, it's really fun. It's really nice. They, they sound great already. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> yeah, um, they're awesome. They're awesome. Now you, you, you reached out to us here in, in LA and we are delighted to be speaking to you. And I know that our relationship is only going to get only strengthened over time. I'm looking forward to meeting you all in person. Um, do you work with any other um, organization you're based in the bay there's a very strong BABC presence in the bay do you work with those guys you work with a consulate there do you work with the department of international trade in the bay you just i suppose my question let me start that again is are you working primarily with just individuals or do you work with businesses as well so we have business um let me think about this answer. We work super closely with all of the departments at the consulate. So yes, Department of Trade, and um, and then look, obviously the Consul General's office, but then the BABC, we have a super close relationship with them. As a matter of fact, we were going to partner with them for our AGM, which was going to be on St. David's Day. So we hopefully can do that in another time and place. Um, we are very closely aligned with the St. Andrews Society as well. Um, especially right now, we're staying in contact with them, letting them know about our relief cases, if there's any way that they can help or how they can get involved. And right now, um, 
this is a very interesting time because people who can help want to help. And so us, as in Charles, RF, and myself, giving a stronger identity to the BBS is what we're trying to do. So the BABC in San Francisco, um, much like LA, events are a big cornerstone for what they do. Um, and not we learned that not a lot of people at the BABC were aware of the BBS. So through the past like 12, 16 months, that's been a lot of the work that we've done with them and then as well with their executive director. So fantastic. Just chiming in there on the on so before obviously the world that we're living in today with COVID, um, just on a really on a really simple level, we've been looking to reach out to Brits in in businesses, and obviously we're based here, so it was easiest to start here in in the Bay Area. Um, one of our members and uh, great friends, Shrin, um, who came over with Airbnb, a big company here in the Bay Area, obviously. Um, one of the things that Shrim was saying, and, um, and I think this, this is the same for any foreign national coming to work in America, it's um, just making friends um, informally when, when you've literally just got off the boat or the plane uh, landing on, on American soil, um, just informally, you know, where do we go just to meet some fellow Brits or, or fellow, fellow international folk that have, that have moved here, sort of going through the initial um, and tribulations of just getting going in a new city and that that's where the you know and I think that's of great value to companies to know that if they're bringing people out here to Bay Area you want the families to settle well um, if uh, often there's a trailing spouse for example um, who might be at home with, with, without um, generalizing or um, here but might be home with the kids not know anybody so being able to be connected to a friendly group down in the Silicon Valley or over in Walnut Creek or up in Marin County or, or in the city or down in Santa Monica or LA. It's just, yeah, that meeting a fellow Brit for a cup of tea, whatever it is, or a beer can, can make or break the success of somebody, somebody's um, living here in the United States. I think that's really important. If we, if we can help that, I think that that's, that's just, that's just really helpful for companies to know that their executives are happy. Executives are happy in the background, and we'd love to be able to do more of that. So I, I couldn't well. agree. I couldn't agree more. Uh, that was wonderfully said as well. So my my question to that is, and this is to everybody: How important? So Charles, I'll ask you first. You've been here for a few years. How important has networking been to you, for your individual success in business? personal success you have a family as well correct hugely How important yeah tell Absolutely. us more about that yeah hugely hugely important so um obviously the business the business side goes without saying and uh, obviously here, here in america net, networking is everything but just i look back to the success of ourselves uh, as a family here in the united states and <laughs> Um, I remember looking out of the window on day one of the house that we were we were um, renting, and I looked in my neighbour's window, and there was a Manchester United uh, jersey hanging down from his 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 kitchen. And I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm sorry um, to hear that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, and I thought, oh my, here we go, just just my luck. Anyway, Peter, who but I just thought it was amazing coincidence I'd moved next to a Brit, um, was he's it's like moving next to a guardian angel in many respects. We're, we're just great friends and that just helps so much our, our daughter was two and a half years old at the time suddenly you just had somebody to talk to about which, which supermarket do you go to or um 
whatever it is, which, which, which laundry mat. And, and, and that, that, obviously the business side is really important, but also just the figuring out living in the United States and making friends was, was so important and avoiding the, I think people are genuinely looking out for each other to make sure that, hey, look, don't go down that alley. It's a bad one. You just want to go around the corner here. Um, and you, you, you'll stay safe or it's going to work out for you because things are a bit different in America on so many levels. Yeah, wonderfully yeah. said. Arif, how about you? How long have you been in the States, Arif? I actually moved over for graduate school in 2010. And so for myself, it's always when you think about networking and community, when you come out for educational purposes or work purposes, you get a free community, right, of, of those that go to the same university as yourself or those that work with you. But it's still a new place. It's still a place where you, you, you don't know anywhere near as many people as you did before. And so you have this sense, this desire that you want to know more. You want to build that community. And it's an iterative process. And I think for me, I, I've always had that hunger and search to say, how do I add? How do I, how do I find the next group of like-minded individuals or non-like-minded individuals to get more of a diverse way of thinking? But the BBS and other British affinity groups are, are, are a freebie. Right? If you are a Brit over here or you enjoy the culture, there's a silent group out there where whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, all you have to do is join and you get access to events. You get a free community. And I think that's what, that's what excites me there. And that's why I want to keep pushing on. No, I love that. I love that. Jen, um, is, is, this your, is this a full-time role for you as the executive director? It is. It is. Wonderful. It is. And, ha- and, and um, tell me a little bit more about, well, especially on lockdown, it's a little bit different, but tell me about a typical day for you right now at the BBS. A typical day for me, it's, uh, it, it starts out with homeschooling for my nine-year-old, to be honest. So the day is full of a lot of different um, dynamics. <laughs> I'm on, so I'm head of IT here. I'm also the headmaster, and I'm also the executive director of a small nonprofit that hopefully will have a big impact on a large uh, expat community in a certain area of the United States. Um, It's always different, but um, to be honest, last week, we, as Charles or um, Arif just mentioned, it was supercharged because we've realized that we have an opportunity right now to really let people know who we are so that a they can get help that they need or b they can become involved with the bbs and give back to the british community so my days are trying to accomplish that basically and so last week there was a lot of relief cases that came in um and one i think i wanted to actually touch on something that you asked charles whether the history of the bbs still aligns with where we are today Yes. And I was um, brushing up on the history of the BBS before our call. And one of the things that a line that I read in our um, archives was anyone who is eligible to have need help, anyone who needs help, who is eligible, should get the help they need. And that very much rings true today. And um, I was looking through a few of my the more heartbreaking cases that I worked on, and I came across... Um, uh, one of a family who stayed in the United States, they oversee the visa uh, so that their son could go to a special school and um, receive special medical care. And 
long story short, it kind of wasn't a long-term plan for them to stay um, illegally. So the, the BBS did pay for them to return back to the UK. And right before they left, their son lost all ability to communicate. And I don't know if it was the stress of their situation, but they've been now been back in the UK for a little over a year. And about every quarter, I'll receive an email update from them. And he has regained the ability to communicate and can now speak to his family. And um, I would say that the cost of that uh, flight was probably $2,000 for three people. We found a very good flight on Norwegian at the time. And the fact that they found us, we helped them, and their lives are better to go back to, that is what we want to do. And so my days are filled with trying to accomplish that goal. What a triumph. Unbelievable. Well yeah, would you say, the, the, I mean, pre, pre the world we're in today with COVID, um, would you say, the, I mean, the relief cases, we of, often used to joke, it's a bit like London buses. Um, they would suddenly just come in, it'd be really quiet, and then we might get three or four in a week, and they could be complete, completely, completely different in nature. Um, one of the things we really, we're looking to do is, well, is it's really one-off temporary relief grants that we're doing James most of the time we're, we're, we're just trying to get people back on their own two feet and that's always that, that's some of the most satisfying stories where we can we can get in and, and help there um, and sometimes which, that's just yeah. what people need right that's exactly. all they need yeah, yeah. and sometimes and, and also they don't necessarily need financial relief to be quite frank they just need some friends or just someone right. say hey look um yeah some gentle words what, whatever it is um so we're, we're often advocating or uh, trying to connect people, stop them getting isolated or, or, or down in the dumps. So, um, yeah. Thanks, Charles. So we're, we're coming to the end of this, but I did have a question. What does it take to become a member? What, what are the costs? Can you give us a quick outline on that? I'll take that one. Um, it is a very modest, our, well, we have a, a membership, annual membership fee of $100 a year. And wow, so, that, no, fantastic. Yeah, we try to make it very accessible to anyone that would like to be a member, can be a member. And, 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 and one more time, Jen, when we're, we're people listening to this, we're going we're gonna to promote it in the text along with the actual podcast. But people listening now, remind us of the website again. www.bbsofca.org. But I think if you Google BBS or British Benevolent Society, our website should be the first uh, that comes up. That's fantastic. Okay, so we are coming to the end, like I just mentioned. Um, Arif, you look like you have yeah. a question. You have something to say. I, I had. I just wanted to kind of, as you said, the, the listeners of podcast. I want to leave just some actionable next steps for them, right? So if you're if you're listening, irrespective of of who you are, where you're from. Go to the website and sign up for the email list. All you'll get is great information. And during this time, we're doing free virtual events, irrespective of membership. If you are a Brit in the community that has the means to support others by giving to this fund, being a member is the way to contribute. Your entire membership of $100 goes up to that fund. It goes to the COVID-19 fund, all of it. And if you are someone who is in a tough spot, if you are in a difficult spot within the British community here, reach out because now is the time to reach out to us and we're here to help. 
And just in addition, if you are part of a business or, or charity, we love to partner, as has been mentioned. And so please, only reasons to reach out. What a wonderful message. Thanks, Arif. Okay, so here's my question for everybody, and we're going to go for everyone. Um, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We can see it. There's, the lockdown is easing. Today, only today, I think there's 12 states are reopening. California is probably going to be reopening at some point in May, which is very exciting and maybe a little daunting to some people. Um, if you were to give a, a sentence or two of positivity or just your own positive thoughts on what it's going to be like, the new normal, I ask this to everybody. We'd love to hear it. Um, Arif, why don't you kick us off? For me, the the lights at the end of the tunnel and, and what we'll get coming out is we will realize the value and the importance of staying connected. We'll appreciate how important it's been for us to be in this together and we'll come out stronger as a unit. Well said. How about you, Jen? Um, you know, I think about this a lot because I mentioned I have a nine-year-old and he's not going to finish school this year like so many others. We're not really going to have any closure. But um, what we do have instead of that is we've had a lot of very, our lives have become much more simple. We have meals together. We're playing a lot of board games. We're going on walks together. And so it's really kept, we've really simplified our life. And um, I'd like, I like that part of it. And I want him to treasure that because um, a lot of these things are virtual. We're not touching and hugging our friends. Um, but we are staying as connected as we possible as we possibly can. And that's a foundation that I want him to continue to see us live, live with and live by. So enjoy. No, no, beautifully put. Thank you. Charles, take us home. So um, for me, I think everything was very, very high octane up until this all starting. And here in the Bay Area, I, I often use the expression, we're in a second gold rush with the technology boom and how, um, how extreme that can be. And I just think this is a reminder for, for people how vulnerable we are um, when something like this just comes out of, of left field. And to, to go to Jen, I just think that's, that's what I'm going to take, take from it, um, certainly for the British Benevolent Society. It's just reminded us as as an organization as a charity how relevant and important we are and that for many people we are just one one illness or one lost job or um something that we just don't see coming out of nowhere that we're, we're, we're here in the background and, and that that we just want to preserve forever oh, I, love, I love that um, I've lost you there, James. My perspective is um, we really don't know what. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, my Cut my perspective is um, we only have uh, we we have to we live this one day at a time uh, because we don't know what's what is happening tomorrow. It's not promised, and so that sense of gratitude for today uh, is all we have. So if you have a young family, if you have a family, hold them tight, enjoy them. This time will pass and there will be a new normal. And when we get there, I hope we'll all be a little bit better for it. That's my take on it. 
I want to thank you all so much for joining us today, Charles, RF, and Jen. What a wonderful, wonderful things that you are doing at the BBS. Incredible. Thank you for taking some time out and sharing with us. Um, my name is James Language. You've been listening to another British American Business Council Los Angeles podcast. Good day to you, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>